I just wanted to do a couple of things just briefly, and, I, and this, I'm sure this will be brief, but as Daniel said the other week, who knows? Um, and that was about himself. But the first thing I want to do is just share really from our um, elders meeting on Thursday, um, and then just uh, share a little bit from Philippians. Um, I, I said to Daniel yesterday, oh, I, if, I'm going to share, I think, from Philippians chapter 2. And he said, I talked on Philippians chapter 2 a couple of weeks ago. So I had to go back and listen to what he said just to make sure it, <laughs> it was compatible. But, um, but we met on Thursday to consider the feedback from the church after our time of prayer. Um, and uh, for those who, uh, just for the, for the, for the visitors, we've uh, just been praying about a vision and direction of the church, and we, we came to an end of that, and we were just asking people's feedback. Uh, as we got together as elders, we recognised that there is a majority in the church who are in agreement to move forward in this vision. Um, so the next step for us as a church, I'm reading this because we, uh, <laughs> uh, we've, we've agreed this, this, this text, so I'm reading it. That's why I'm reading it. So I don't say something that could be misunderstood. The next step for us as a church is to spend some time exploring, discussing, praying with those who did not feel to move forward in this vision, um, how we may be able to continue together in the same direction. So to summarize, and I'll put this in an email, um, there is, uh, we, we, uh, we recognize there is a majority who want to move forward, but we also recognize that, there are, that we want everyone to move forward. So the next phase is not to suddenly let's all drop and go all guns blazing. It's about sitting down, sharing hearts, listening, and working to, so we can all move forward. Um, so I hope that that's, that's become um, uh, clear and agreeable to you as well. Um, I, I'm very... Uh, uh, confident and positive because I think one thing that's been come, become very clear over these last four weeks is that as much as we may have different ideas, the underlying personal relationships that we have, have with one another has been, has been amazing. And the love that's shared has been, I've, I've felt, it is a personal testimony, has been great. So, um, so we are going to be moving on, but we want to move on together. So uh, we'll we, we work out how we do that um, after Easter, we'll, we'll, um, we'll see how we do that. So uh, any questions, feel free to come to and see me, Daniel or Alan, afterwards if there's anything needed to be clarified. But I want to share really uh, about, you know, we, we live by the Word of God as led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So it, how do we move forward in this? What should be our attitude? And, and I think uh, Paul is, is so clear in Philippians um, on how we do that. So I just want to just share some of this. Not going to go into great depths or anything, but um, really just share this. But shall we just pray? Father, we thank you for your great love toward us. Lord, you have put your love in our hearts for one another. And so, Lord, as we want to move forward together, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us everything we need for that to happen. And Lord, will you just come now and just speak and encourage our hearts as we look at your scripture together, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you've uh, uh, got a Bible, or Dave, I think, it's, we were just joking. I, I turned to Dave last week and said, Dave's going to pull it up on the, on, the, on the screen, and I saw him leaving the church. <laughs> but he had, uh, he had something to attend to. Um, but if you want to turn to uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 27... 
And then we will read chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. And it's interesting, this being Palm Sunday, uh, which is not only is it obviously the week before Christ's great humiliation, but he chose a humbling way to enter into, into uh, Jerusalem, if you remember the story. Um, so just in that, I just think that's in that context, it's quite lovely. Um, Philippians 1.27, Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And in verse 1 of chapter 2, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So as we move into this next season, we, we move... Um, in a unified way, that's our heart, isn't it? Honouring God in every way. We challenge the challenge we face. We're moving together in one spirit, one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Um, and I love, um, you know, there is a difference between the word unity and the word uniformity. Uh, uniformity has the word uniform in it, um, which if you know what you see a policeman in uniform, you know that they're all pretty much have to be the same. Um, they don't have all different rules and regulations. They have one set of regulations and that's what the uniform represents. But that's not what God is asking for us. He's asking us for unity. And there's a, a unity. I remember someone, uh, or I read a, um, an illustration about um, um, tuning pianos. Now, being the uh, classical music expert that I am not, um, I understand you cannot tune a piano to a piano. I, I think that's the case. But what you do is um, you, you have a tuning fork, and you tune, or forks, I guess, and you tune the piano to the fork, and each piano to the fork, and you can then have an all number of pianos that are exactly tuned together because they're all tuned to the same fork. And that's, that's unity in that sense, in that we are all tuned and one with God, and therefore we're all one together. And so by, by um, God's leading, we will find unity. But each piano may be different, and each piano may play a different part in this great orchestra, but we're, we're unified in our heart. And that's, that's what we want together, isn't it? And so Paul, uh, in this passage, he gives us uh, uh, four resources available to us in Christ, 
four spirit-enabled responses of will and action, and four abilities through our faith in Christ. I know I could have done a slide sheet, but I didn't have time to do a slide for this. But, um, but we're just going to go through it. So if you, if you see in chapter 2, um, we see here four resources available to us. Because he says here, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, comfort from love, participation in the Spirit, affection and sympathy. Four And the reason I'm calling them resources available to us is because he's not asking a question. He's not saying if there is any encouragement in Christ. I know he sounds like a question. It's not a question. You could also say since there is encouragement in Christ, since there is comfort from love, since there is participation spirit, since there is affection and sympathy, complete my joy. Yeah? So he's not asking. So he's saying this. Look, look. What is given to you in Christ are these four resources. You have them, he's saying to the church. You have them within you. And so he's encouraging them by these four things. And the first thing he says is is encouragement. And um, since we have this encouragement in Christ, and encourage comes from the Latin uh, en, which is in, and the Latin core, heart, in heart. And it describes the act of inspiring one with confidence, hope, filling with strength. And it suggests the raising of one's confidence and is accomplished especially through an external agency. In other words, you know, we encourage one another by, by encouraging their heart to hope and to know that there is God with us to give us what we need in order for something to happen. Otherwise, encouragement is empty, isn't it? If we just encourage one another, I encourage you, if I said, Daniel, if you jump, if you run as fast as you can to jump the Grand Canyon, then you're going to make it, Daniel. Well, my encouragement is empty and pretty dangerous. Um, But we encourage on the basis that we know there is this external agency, this ability that is in us. So we want to encourage one another. We want to encourage one another for those who maybe are excited about the prospect of where we're going. It's good to encourage people, but nevertheless, there are also some who may be feeling disappointed. So we encourage them in a different way. We encourage them to trust in the Lord Um, But we don't want our excitement to increase others' disappointment and we don't want our disappointment to diminish others' excitement. So So we want to encourage one another because first of all we trust God who is sovereign. Amen? You can say amen to these things if you'd like. Um, because he's able to lift us up, he's able to bring us down, he's able to do whatever he wants. Secondly, we trust the Scriptures. Especially this passage. And I think this is, over these next few months, this is going to be, I think, um, the defining culture of where we are as a church. If we follow what we, what we read here and follow the way of Christ. So we follow the Word of God and we follow truth. We don't just follow good ideas or po- potentially positive advice, but the Word of God. Thirdly, we trust in the moving and active nature of the Holy Spirit who stirs, speaks, empowers and comforts. Amen? There's the third thing. Number four. No, that's three. So we encourage one another 
We don't encourage one another by saying, oh, just, you know, get over it and all these kind of things. That's not encouraging. We encourage one another and saying, do you know what? It's okay. God is for us. God is in us. The love of God has been poured out upon us. We encourage one another, hoping God. For those who may be feeling, um, I want to get on and do it, and we're saying, but look, just wait. Let's just wait. Let's, let us move together. Don't, we're going to get there. There's, there's different ways of encouraging people, understanding where they're at. And that's what brings unity. So that's the encouragement we have in Christ. The second thing he says is any comfort in love. Um, Some Bible versions might use the word consolation. And and I I looked up that word just to get the definition. And it literally describes speaking closely to someone. The idea is to speak to someone coming close to their side. The basic sense, speaking to someone in a friendly way. And it's, it's encouragement, but it's got this degree of... Thank you, Jim. Of, of tenderness. Thank you. Coming alongside someone and just whispering in their ear, it's okay. You know, we, can, we all have a tender heart for one another. That's what he's saying. We all have the comfort for one another. We have it. We have to uh, draw it out maybe or yield to it, whatever you're the way in which you can look at that. But we have it because it's a provision of God in Christ. So let's be, let's be gentle with one another. Let's be comforting to one another. Let's be encouraging to one another. And the third thing, and any participation in the Spirit. So Paul reminds us that we have the Spirit of Christ in us. All we need is found in Him. So uh, as you know, when we walk in the Spirit, it is characterised by us yielding to the Holy Spirit in us. Um, allow him to lead us, to guide us, to speak through us. Um, it's an active work. We see the fruits of the, or the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we know when things are not um, in that characteristic, then they're probably not of the Spirit. And so we learn to lean into the Spirit and learn from the Spirit. As I said, we have the Spirit, and we, can, and we need to trust the leading of the Spirit. The fourth thing, any affection and sympathy. And this, this refers to deep feelings for one another. And again, Paul's saying, you have this. And, I, and, I, and sometimes the deep wells need to be a bit kind of pumped, don't they? Stirred. You know, if, if there's someone that's uh, annoyed you, um, maybe I've annoyed you, and, and I'm saying to you, well, look, you've got deep affections and sympathy for me. It's just maybe a bit further down than you realise. So how do you prime these deep affections? And one of the ways is, as T.D. Jake says, don't pray about your problems, pray for your problems. Uh, or don't pray about problem people, pray for problem people. When we start praying for one another, praying for one another, I'm sure Jim won't mind. He's got, has he left the room? I want to share testimony. Jim and I, um, when uh, some couple of years ago now, um, we had a disagreement, and so we met up. I love Jim, and we just had a disagreement about church. It wasn't personal or anything, and he's in the isn't he? And um, and we met together, and we and we just chatted and said, let's meet together, and pray for one another every week for 
half an hour. And uh, I'm just talking about you, Jim. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about when we started to meet together to pray for one another. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that revolutionised our relationship. Would you agree, Jim? <laughs> um, and it did. I said, let's not talk about what, what we're trying to agree. Let's pray for one another. And I would pray for Jim, and I'd pray for Margaret and whatever he asked for, and he would pray for me and Jana and whatever I asked for. And, and on a heart level, it primed the, the, the depths of affection and sympathy. To this day, it's very hard for me not to like Jim. I've tried, no. <laughs> um, but it's there. <clears throat> so it's in us. And I think we prime it by praying for one another. That's one way. By, by you know, just allowing, bearing with others. The scripture says, bear with one another. Love covers a multitude of sins. Look beyond the, the situation to the heart. And, and, that, and these things have helped me tremendously because we've got to be careful <clears throat> for hardness of heart. See, God softens our hearts, doesn't he? So, so we've got these four things. We have these things. We have this encouragement in Christ, comfort from love, participation in the Spirit, affection and sympathy. And, uh, and this is what God has done for us now. So our response to this, as he goes on, he says, um, he says complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Now these are, I believe, I'm not going to go into these individually, I'll let you go away and consider what's different between same mind and one mind. That can be your little task if you want. But these, I believe, are choices of the will. So these he's saying, complete my joy by being. Now I believe we've got to decide whether we are going to be those who are going to be of one mind, uh, what was it again? Uh, same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. I think we need to make a choice. We can choose to walk together. We can choose to, to, to journey and discover and, and to converse and to share hearts in the same direction. It's a choice. And so they're, they're the four, I think I said uh, four um, spirit-enabled responses. And then Finally, he says this, and he gives four actions. And these are the four spirit-enabled responses. So we know what we've got, because Paul's saying, look, I'm not going to tell you what to do until I tell you what you have. He tells us what we have in Christ. He says, now you make the decision. Are you going to draw from that and move forward, or are you not? And then these are the four things. The first thing is this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. And in these first three, you can see harmony, humility, and helpfulness, if that helps you, if you're making notes. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Selfish ambition is pushing your own agenda. It's doing those things that, are, that serve your own personal ambitious uh, desires. It puts me at the forefront. It is not. Um, it is. It is. It is the work to advance themselves rather than the kingdom. And uh, and this can be worked out in individuals. It can be groups. Um, I mean, if we was to comment on Brexit at the moment, the impact has been groups within government, within uh, parliament, that have 
gathered together that they can't, they're all pushing their own agenda that nothing can happen. And until, and everyone will comment, until there is a consensus, you can't move forward. And we are not like the parliament because we are not fighting for our own things. We're seeking God. And that's been character of wherever, you're, wherever you feel you are, our heart has always been what is the mind of the Lord. And that's our, that's our unity, isn't it? See, Paul says, watch for this. And if you find it in your heart, stop it immediately. If you find it in, in, your, in your body. So um, we're looking at harmony as opposed to selfish ambition. Number two, in humility, he says, count others more significant than yourselves. Encourage and lift others up more than yourselves. Um, <clears throat> Do you, when you look around, do you, do you see the value in others? Because if we don't see the value in others, then we're probably going to put ourselves up beyond them. And I think one of the things, um, uh, maybe just to give by way of illustration, on Tuesday, just, uh, Nyla just said one sentence, and I thought, oh, I've got to get it to share on Sunday. Because I, I, I think the law just, not to make a point about Nyla, I'm sure this happens if many other people, but something just, I think the Lord just revealed something about the value of, of what Nyla has to share and what God's given Nyla. And I think, you know, we can look around to people and sometimes we can overlook to see the value of what God has given each one of us. And because it's so easy just to be just pushing ahead with life. And, um, and I think there's, a, there's a, a wonderful thing there, just hearing, again, Pat last week, um, sharing, because that's because we went round Pat's the week before, and uh, Pat was just sharing a story, and I thought, we've, we've got to really appreciate and give, and, and that, I'm not just talking about on a Sunday speaking from the front, I'm talking about life and listening and giving people opportunity um, uh, to, or to, to, to find value in others. So we, we commit our way to the Lord and we lift up others. Uh, humility releases the power of God. The way of the world is that we have to fight and we have to carve our way ahead. We need to, to push our way through because that's where the, the, the world's understanding of power is and change and all these things. But for Jesus, he went riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. He died on the cross. The greatest release of power ever known to man or other, isn't it? on the cross, as we've heard already, arms stretched right, wide in that picture of prayer. So if you want to see God release power in your life, humble yourselves. Trust God. The third thing, let each of you look not only to his own interests, so still, you know, look to your own interests, but not only, but also to the interests of others. Where considerate, and though God... Um, Essentially, he's leading us in this direction, then we need to ask, but is everyone with us? Is everyone with us? How can we do this that best helps that person? Um, let's be helpful to one another. May our conversation be helpful. May our um, ideas or solutions that we bring in be helpful. William Booth, who founded the Salvation Army, I read this story again this week. Um, they were, uh, the Salvation Army was having this great convention and they wanted uh, General Booth to come and he was quite sick. He was, um, 
unable to come, essentially, and they said, can you send us a letter or telegram, I think it would have been at the time, send us something that we can read at the convention. He sent them a telegraph, and it was one word. And this was his great speech that he wanted to bring, and it was one word, and it was the word others. What a wonderful man. I mean, he, he, I think he captured this whole sense of not looking out for his own interest, but for the interests of others. So we need to be helpful. And then finally, he says in verse 5, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. See, to, to uh, I mean, if you ignored everything that came before that and you just took that, that would have been enough, wouldn't it? If it gave, if Jesus was willing to come and lay down his life for us, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. And so he, you know, <clears throat> I'll finish there, but really just to encourage, I think that's the pattern in which we can walk forwards in strength and unity. And uh, the strategy, the practicalities of that, we're, we're once Easter's over, um, I want to get people together and let's really work this out together. But let's make sure that we start from this place of in where we're one in our hearts. We may have lots of questions still, but in this we've got time. Um, we're not rushing to suddenly go and do things, but we want to do it right before the Lord. And so I trust that encourages you that in, the, in the way in which we want to do that. But let's have the mind of Christ, shall we? And um, let's love one another and sacrifice our lives uh, for him and for one another. Shall we pray? Amen. Father, we um, just want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for Nyla's testimony. Lord, thank you for um, all these great things that you've done in our lives, stories that are yet to be told. But yet, Father, we can see that you have gone before us. You have worked your power and your spirit, your love, Lord, has been active Lord, in our lives, and we can see that in Nyla, Lord, as we've heard her testimony. And for us as a church, for this body, Lord, you have a real heart and passion for each of us individually, but also for this church as a body. And so we're looking to you, Lord, for your wisdom, for your love, for your comfort, for your encouragement, all these things, thank you, you've given us. And will you help us, Lord, to move forward together, uh, loving one another in unity, Lord, looking to you, to bring what we need in these days. So, Lord, I just commit these few words to you and thank you, Lord, that this is your word that we can see in Scripture there in Philippians. So we commit this, these things to you and us, Lord, as a church, in Jesus' name. Amen.